Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 46. Ooh, crazy. So there's not really much news this week, so this will probably be a short episode. I apologize. Uh, these guys just need to start giving us something to talk about. Just kidding. Beta time. I am recording this on Sunday, so I have spent about three days and way too many hours actually playing the beta we're going to talk about state of the game or the special report uh, division news specifically the beta in my experience and some stuff a little bit of community discussion uh, one listener question and then content updates at the end i realize that you guys don't all want to hear that and that's fine so right into the special report so i'm gonna skip over a lot of the stuff i'm gonna cover from a hands-on perspective they talked a lot about the beta most of that information will be doubled up so the things that are new stash space has been clarified 150 spots at in-game for everyone if you pre-order and get the elite agent pack or whatever it was you get an extra 50 spots early that you would normally get at the end game so no advantage Everyone will have the same stash space. It's all good. They've also clarified, I can't remember if they talked about it here or not, but I do remember seeing uh, GameStop, I think, was doing pre-orders for the Season Pass, which tells me that the Season Pass will be separate if you get the base and you decide you want to upgrade. So um, technically that pack, that Elite Agent pack, isn't part of the Season Pass. So the only way to get that stash space early might be that pre-order, the ultimate, or the phoenix, or whatever else has it. But um, it doesn't really appear that it's going to matter that much. And uh, there's been some pushback, but I'll talk about that later on. They talked about invaded missions um, in the Black Tusk uh, being like a new in-game in faction, one that we won't see until we hit level 30 or I assume around level 30. They also made sure to clarify that the other factions wouldn't just disappear or wouldn't remain like a low level. Uh, they, they really pushed the idea that this open world um, and this, this kind of evolving faction map would, would be a thing. And all of these other factions would step up their game when the Black Tusk come to town. Um, because they have to. The Black Tusk appear to be, in some ways, maybe even more advanced than the Shade Agents, and definitely more advanced than the three existing factions. So it seems like uh, everyone's going to get more challenging. It's not just going to be the Black Tusk, and that the end game um, won't, you know, be easy with three factions and, and and hard with the one. So I'm really excited for that. I think that sounds great. The crafting was discussed, uh, and they you know they seemed dedicated to making it viable. Um, after a little bit of messing around with it in the beta, it seems like it's definitely a lot different than Division One, uh, and I'm kind of curious to how it works out in the long run. Uh, they they've hinted to this blockades thing a few times, uh, both during gameplay uh, and during the stream, and. Um, I don't know what it, what it is. It appears that you unlock whatever these are, this blockade, whenever you complete an invaded mission. 
So I'm wondering if, if you complete an, an invaded mission in a certain area, you can go do a blockade, which might be like some kind of uh, like home base or something. If you go and you kill, you know, you take it over, it may get rid of the Black Tusk from that particular area, maybe. Um, I really have no idea, but it appears to be some kind of thing that you want to do. They seem very giddy about it, and uh, I'm excited to see what it is. They really hinted that there's tons of secrets, secret rooms, secret areas, uh, secret loot all over the, the open map. And um, I think that sounds really good. I, I like that you know there was some exploration in the first game, uh, not as much as I honestly would have preferred to have. Um, but they've heavily, heavily, heavily encouraged exploration, uh, looking for areas that you know you might not immediately know that you need to go to. And the last thing they really talked about was that now they have a scaling system for playing with people who aren't your level. So if you have a friend who's level 30, they grinded through the whole game and you've only been able to spend a few hours, you can play with them. It will scale up your damage and health and all of that. So you can actually be helpful, but you still only get rewards uh, through XP and weapons and gear and stuff like that at the level that you actually are. So uh, it looks like the days of boosting are behind us. Uh, we'll have to see how that actually works out though. And uh, now on to the division news. So I felt like this was the most appropriate place to talk about the private beta. Over the weekend, I played probably too much of it. I played through all the story content. I'd already touched a lot of it from the hands-on event and other things so i was a lot more excited to play the pvp to be totally honest and to run around more in the dark zone the okay so let's start with the bugs i'm sure no one thinks i'll talk about them or at least certain people don't so let's do it front and center i had lots of sound issues i got stuck a few times Unfortunately, I think I saw a grenade stagger in the invaded missions multiple times and there were lots of other issues, right? So I don't want to be one of those people who's like, well, it's a beta. It's going to be fine because it might not be. So it is a beta. I assume this build is a couple weeks old. I assume they've been working on it ever since. And if we got to play the current development build, it would probably not have lots of these issues. But the one that is really rough for me was I had heard that people were getting grenade stagger. One thing I noticed about the Black Tusk faction is that they use airburst grenades on their grenade launchers. So when you're fighting the hyenas and even some of the true sons that have those grenade launchers the way our specialization does, those are impact grenades coming out. So um, one of the differentiations between us and the blacks, uh, the black sons, uh, the black tusk is that uh, they use air bursts. So they explode above you. I assume causing more damage and hitting more people. So when I first heard of the grenade stagger, I assumed it was just that and people misinterpreting it. 
but during stream I was able to get a couple examples, one of which I posted on the forums as some feedback that it, it was pretty clear that there I I got bumped out of cover. There was like the little circulant circular indicator showing me I'd been damaged from behind or hit from behind. And then a grenade uh, it was about one third of the way to me when that happened. And then it finally hits and does damage. So maybe I got knocked out of cover by something else. Maybe I didn't see an enemy behind me. I, I went back and looked at the footage and, and I don't think that was the case. So, you know, the sound issues, I think we'll get figured out the getting stuck in the world. It was specifically on box trucks. If you got up on the top of the cab and then jumped off, um, I noticed a few people had gotten stuck in the exact same way. So it seems like there's just an issue with those box truck models that I'm, I, I would guess they'll be able to figure out. And there were lots of other issues. I know people had network issues, login issues. Um, you know, that stuff probably doesn't have much to do with the game, but maybe it did. Um, a lot of people experience like lag and things like that. I didn't. Um, I also am one to say that I, I have not experienced many issues with Division One either. My my joke is I assume I'm sitting like on top of a server in my house because I've had I've had maybe a handful of deltas the entire three years of Division One and um, on Friday or I think it was I think. Out of like five or six hours of play, I want to say I deltaed like three times. So not ideal, um, but not the end of the world either. So I, you know, the things are there that the grenade thing is something that worries me because the invaded missions seem to be essentially the new legendaries. Um, you know, that grenade stagger and the legendaries kind of became something I think most people just dealt with because he knew it was going to happen. Um, but it's definitely one of those things that it just seems weird that in Division 1 it only happened in the legendaries. And now I'm only noticing it in the invaded missions. And I swear, like, most people who pay attention to me know I'm going to be the last one to try to sensationalize or clickbait this stuff. But uh, that's some, that can't happen. That needs to be fixed, and it needs to not exist in the final game. I, I'm sure it's some crazy complicated issue that I can't even begin to understand. Um, this is one of those moments where I don't care. It, it's such a clear problem that it, it can't happen. I, I was willing to accept it eventually in Division 1. It's something I'm not willing to accept in division two does it mean i'm not gonna play absolutely not still gonna play gonna play the crap out of it i'm gonna play invaded missions but this is an issue that i plan on harping on uh, until it's fixed and for whatever that's worth long story short lots of small issues a few big ones i hope they figure them out and um yeah we'll go from there so when it came to the pve side of the game I had seen a lot of this already, uh, the missions, side missions. I've talked about this quite a bit, so I won't go too much into it, but it was what I was expecting. It was good. I like it. Missions are long. They feel varied. If you bump up the experience level or the, the, the difficulty, um, I feel like they scale pretty well. I really like that there is a story difficulty level now where they can really focus on narrative. And then there's, you know, 
normal and hard and maybe one day challenging missions? I don't know. We'll have to see. It kind of seems like the hard missions are equivalent to the current challenging missions in Division 1. So we'll have to see how they do that. The side missions, again, I liked them. I played through all of them. Again, they're long, they're different, they're unique, they're fun to play. Uh, you get to be Nick Cage from National Treasure and you know steal the Declaration of Independence and, and all of that stuff, or recover, I guess is probably the better word. Uh, the open world activities, again, this is stuff I've talked about a little bit from the hands-on I did, but again, it was good, I liked it. Um, I haven't gotten to experience certain things, like... Um, how Splinter Shield, I think, had a clip where he was in a sewer somewhere and found this chainsaw-wielding heavy enemy. Uh, I believe it was an outcast heavy, and that's awesome. Stuff like that is really cool. Uh, from the special report where they talked about exploration and secret rooms and stuff like that, I found a bunch of those with gear in them and stuff like that. Uh, the, the big mechanic they seem to be working on is... Um, destroyable barriers and especially those big yellow bike locks so if you see those somewhere you need to shoot them because i can almost guarantee wherever you see one of those yellow bike locks you're gonna find a door that can be opened more than likely that will reveal some loot uh, and maybe even some other stuff i would love if they even hid some like echoes or you know the phone recordings and stuff like that behind some of those locked kind of hidden areas uh, to, to really encourage people. This is something I'll probably spend way too much time doing and just simply looking around the world. Uh, the invaded missions beyond the issues that we had uh, in the end game uh, were fun. I, I really like that like the, Jeff the Jefferson Trade Center or whatever it's called in the regular game, the, the story mission is that you are going to turn on a shade node that will provide shade services to agents outside of the city to help them get there and help out. Uh, the, end, the end game mission that you do is you're trying to prevent the Black Tusk from going in there and shutting down that node. Um, so I really like that, you know, the legendary missions from the first game, it was just kind of like, uh, these special forces LMB have taken over these missions and you should go kill them. And while that's still basically the goal in Division 2 with the invaded missions, uh, it seems like I like that there's just a little more narrative to it. The actual invaded missions themselves, I think the enemies are challenging, they're different, they're fun, uh, they're very spammy, it's, it's hard to... to you know it, it's challenging um the only the one big criticism i have beside the bugs i've already talked about um is that the time to kill especially on the hard level of these invaded missions especially with a group of four is is a little rough um once you knock their armor off even especially the gold enemies the high-end or elite it isn't isn't bad once you knock their armor off but there it just gets to a point where i definitely found myself There'd be a few times where like an elite enemy um, would get up fairly close and you would just be and i'm not talking about the heavies the heavies can be tanky that's fine um but but even just kind of regular looking soldiers they they would get up and, and and you just you're laying like four or five magazines into them and it's not a good feeling it doesn't feel good so um, i know taking advantage of like weak spots and stuff like that will get better we'll have better builds and stuff like that 
so I, I still just think that it can be dialed down just a hair. The the red enemies feel fine to kill. Even the purples are good. You can you can if you knock off their armor, you can get them down pretty quick. But the the elites and the invaded missions, I feel like are a bit much. Uh, again, besides the big giant heavies, make those they're literally walking tanks. So that's fine. And then the robots that run around and drive around, uh, they're fine. The big thing with them is people aren't knocking off their armor. Uh, on the on the on the tracked robot, you actually want to destroy their tracks and it immobilizes them. And the dog, if you shoot their midsection, it knocks off their armor and they actually die pretty quickly once you knock that armor off. So there's a couple little hot hot tips for you there. But overall, I thought the PVE side of it was really fun. I'm really excited to play the rest of the missions. Um, the the two other invaded missions I've played and now this new one in the beta. Um, all make me think that these missions are going to be really fun. They're going to be challenging, and I, I think it's it's good stuff. So the PvP, um, believe it or not, I played a ton of PvP this weekend. I plan on doing a little bit more tonight before the beta ends. Um, the DZ feels good. I really enjoy the loop of going into the DZ and just running landmarks. And if you get attacked, you fight back. And if not, you collect a bunch of loot. If you get any really good contaminated loot, you can you know go try to extract it. The beta is always tough. I remember the beta from the first game. The it didn't really represent the DZ very well because people didn't really know the game. Obviously, people know the game better now. Uh, I think it was more representative. But without the in-game gear, I just don't think that we've really seen the way the DZ is gonna work quite yet. But we'll have to see. I played a ton of conflict as well, uh, both on stream with Amper, on my own, and uh, off stream as well. And I like it. it. It feels better than the first game for sure. The organized maps are significantly better. There's there's definitely some weird some weirdness. So with the DZ and conflict and PvP specifically. Um, there's a lot of conversation right now going on about time to kill, lack of survivability, stuff like that. And like, I get it. I don't completely disagree. In the DZ, my biggest issue is that we are kind of running into a similar issue that we had back in Division 1 before Rogue 2.0, where someone could, you know, literally just run up behind you with a shotgun, pump you with one or two rounds, and you were dead. And it's fine. You can get back up. You know, you can, you can, uh, spawn you can respawn at a checkpoint and it's relatively easy these, these people who are running shotguns you know if once you know they're rogue you can find them and murder them in my experience really easily i killed so many people this weekend and it was so fun but the problem was is that a lot of that killing happened after they were able to kind of gank me and it's not that i have a problem with the ganking that's fine you do do what you're gonna do but Especially since we're going to have these occupied zones, I feel like that is going to be so ripe for that type of play that I I kind of feel like this other DZ, which is supposed to be a more safe space or whatever you want to call it, should just have more ability to just kind of be to help you with some situational awareness, some SA, as they say. And it's just because they, it's its kind of hard to tell if someone's a rogue or not. You have to basically aim at them and it pops up their name tag and it shows if they're rogue or not. Um, for the most part, you know, once everything starts popping off, you can figure it out. But but those, those situations, like they don't feel good. Um, the actual time to kill doesn't bother me that much. It's just that 
Um, the, the time to kill can be kind of abused by people um, who are being sneaky. Maybe that's the intent. Maybe that's the way it should be. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm just not used to the loop yet, but um, I, I think that something which is it being way more obvious when people are going rogue now is something I would I would like. When it comes to the skirmish mode that we played in TTK and survivability and stuff, it's tough because like shotguns are rolling that in close range right now. So someone will run right up to you with a shotgun, pop you once or twice and you're down and then shot one more time you're dead. Um, and when someone gets within, you know, five, 10 meters of me and they have a shotgun, they should win that fight. I'm okay with that. Uh, just the same as when, if I can manage to, to whack a headshot on someone from relatively far away, uh, I am cool if it knocks them down. I'm, I think that's how it should be. That's a hard thing to do, especially on console. Um, and so I've seen a lot of talk about shotguns and snipers, especially being over P, uh, over P, overpowered, which is weird to me because snipers have had such a bad go at it in Division uh, 1. Um, and it's kind of nice to know that if you have an M700 and someone is in cover and they pop up to fire at someone or or if they're just running and you can and you can smack a headshot on them, I think that should be fine. I don't understand uh, you know, that's that's the way a shooter should work, especially in a competitive situation like this. So I think there definitely still needs to be balancing, though. I, I just I, I kind of want people to wait until we have in-game gear, all the in-game talents and stuff like that, combined with just people understanding the game better. I, I just I think that skirmish is in a pretty good spot at this point. Um, I really want to see what the game's going to look like with all of the skills, with the pulse, with the shield, with, you know, the whatever the firefly is. And I uh, I, I think people are jumping to a judgment a little bit. And, and I think this PvP area is where I'm seeing the most pushback of people saying, you know, I, I think people are just stuck in a Division 1 mindset. And it's natural. I get it. I understand why. I just think that it's not going to be good for the game if people expect Division 2 to be Division 1 but not be the Division 1. Uh, one of the most common things I'm seeing right now is people saying that Division 2 is just a reskin of Division 1 and it's exactly the same but in a new city. And then I'm also seeing people complaining about how much it's changed and how different it is, especially the PvP. One, I think the criticism that's exactly the same is basically impossible to take seriously, at least for me. It's, I don't know, it, it's just so clear. Like, so much stuff is subjective. I've always tried to be really clear about how I'm more than happy for people to have different opinions than mine. That just because I think something doesn't mean it's right. Uh, you know, it's mostly subjective, you know, uh, you know, subjective stuff. But I, I, I just find it really hard to not objectively believe that Division 2 is about as close to a real sequel as we can get. But... Everyone has an opinion, and that's fine. When it comes to guns and gear, I really like that the old guns feel new. Uh, the sounds of all of the guns are so good when they're working. <laughs> there are definitely a lot of audio issues this time, but when sound was working, it was really great, and I was really impressed. Uh, the new guns are exciting to find and, and check out and use. Um, it's funny because it feels like there's a lot more new guns with having guns like the FAL, the SA-58, um, and a whole bunch of other ones that are actually useful now um, that weren't in Division 1 and people never used them, so they feel like new guns. 
but you have things like the mtar uh, where are some of the other ones i noticed um the, the deagle i used that a little bit that deagle needs to be louder i love the gun sounds in this game but that one needs to be way louder that's a loud freaking gun but i felt like the guns are great i like the gunplay a lot um i really i i like that uh, the attachment system I think is actually pretty good. I know they've already said they're going to knock down a lot of the uh, attachment negatives because it, it did get to a point where I realized that when I would put on some attachments, I would basically be just as good not putting them on, which was kind of weird. So it looked, I, I've seen that they're already going to knock that down, make it a little more viable to use different attachments. Um, on that note, uh, one of the biggest things I've seen is people complaining about the 12X having uh, only zoom in. Um, I use the 4X on the sniper rifles and a bunch of the ARs for it has uh, increased optimal range. I think the negative was like crit hit damage maybe. And the 4X is really good in my opinion. Uh, and, and it's a great option for people who want to snipe in third person. Uh, it worked great for me. The sniper rifles hit like a truck. So putting that 4X on honestly worked really well if you don't want to have to be zoomed in. I, I just find it hard to believe that the people who who want the 12X to not be zoomed, I just can't help but feel those people just want to be able to put that 12X on their AR and get 30% headshot damage. I don't think people really care that much about the angle that you have to see. Uh, that said, it would be nice if some of the sensitivity settings and stuff um, for when you're zoomed in were, bo uh, were, were kind of boosted or, or, or increased because it does seem like that's not super effective and uh, having that ability would be nice. Um, I think the brand sets are really, really cool with the gear. I think I see a ton of possibilities um, for building kind of almost like ninja, uh, ninja bag style builds and really being able to hone in a specific playstyle, especially since it looks like there's a there's a brand set for every skill that boosts them, a brand set for every weapon class, uh, and even like a, a brand sets that just have, uh, you know, I think uh, crit hit chance, crit hit damage, and accuracy or stability or something, like kind of like an all around gear set. Ones that just have straight weapon damage uh, bonuses and things like that. I'm just, I'm really excited to see what people uh, come up with with those brand sets and then how those are going to factor in when gear sets come out. We don't know anything about gear sets yet. We'll have to see. The skills, using them was kind of a mixed bag for me. The auto-targeting ones, um, like the like the regular Seeker and the, uh, the sensor turret that both return are, are pretty OP. That automatic, that... There's a lot of people upset. They don't like the manual targeting on the Airburst Seeker, the Bombardier Turret, um, and some of the other, uh, I think the Sniper Turret as well, and, and, and some others. The thing is, is that those manual targeting ones are really, really powerful. So if you're able to use them effectively, they'll give you great results. But they also um, are a way to kind of control where people can and can't be. So, you know, the skills may not always be just to kill people. They may be to get people out of cover and to do other things. The big issue right now is that there's almost no reason to take that risk with the extra power of like an airburst seeker because the regular seeker is so strong. Uh, in PvP, if you can basically, if you target someone with one of the seeking seekers, uh, it 
it, it, if it's not a one hit kill, you just need to follow your seeker. And if it hits them, it's going to stagger them and take all their armor away and most of their health. And it takes maybe a couple shots to put them down. It's, it's not, that's not ideal. You know, I, I feel like the, the auto targeting ones should do, I would almost say half the damage they're currently doing. Uh, I think it's good for them to be effective. You know, it, if you can land one on someone, it should be, you know, useful to you. But I definitely think that there may be a little OP and it'd probably be good if those were toned down a bit. Uh, the healing skills are fine, they're fairly slow, and it seems like most of them only work if you're standing still. I don't really have an issue with that, uh, but you can just tell, again, from a lot of the negative feedback, that people are having a, they're struggling really hard with the idea that if they get bursted down, there's not really a, a quick or easy way to get that back, to get that health back quickly. Um, so whoever hits first is probably going to win a lot of engagements. Um, but that's the thing is that that's where if people played games like Future Soldier, even some of the old Call of Duties and stuff like that, that that's where we're being smart and positioning yourself well and not being hyper aggressive all the time, using your skills to help you out and to maybe redirect people or keep people away. Um, you know, th this, this this game is, is going to be very different than the, the Division One. And considering the way things went with Division One, it kind of surprises me that people are having such rose-colored glasses with the first game already and wanting it to be so similar to the first game and not recognizing that a lot of these changes, while they may not be fun to do right now, in the long run, they're probably going to be really good for the game. But what do I know? So to kind of wrap up my actual gameplay, the game isn't perfect. Um, I'm not even going to use the beta excuse. There's, there's things that... You know, a month out from release, are a little worried. Worrisome to see. I really hope that they wrap a bunch of these things up. I think they will, but I don't expect that every single bug that we found is going to be gone. I just, I, I, I don't think that's possible. Um, but that kind of goes along with my typical thought that I don't really expect games to be perfect. Uh, I just expect to have fun, uh, to see improvement. And the biggest thing for me is going to be transparency. They they really need to say, hey, the grenade stagger, it looks like it is there again. Uh, the the pre-stagger, that's annoying. We understand. We're working on it right now. And we expect it to be fixed, blah, blah, blah. Uh, with the first game, they kind of tried to fix it. I think they actually did at one point. And then it came back and it just kind of existed forever. So that can't happen again. I will say that my experience on my One X was actually really good, which kind of surprised me a little bit because on the hands-on event, uh, especially in the invaded mission, I have uh, I had a lot of issues with the One X I played on. So I'm starting to think that may have had a lot more to do with the actual system I used. And um, I was really impressed. I thought the One X performed really well. I think the game looks really good. The photo mode is a blast. If you check out my streams, my starting, be right back and ending screens, I'll have new really cool um, videos in the background from Division 2 of like the thunderstorms, which, oh my gosh, how good do those look? Um, yeah, it's cool. Very impressed. Um, I, I, I do think it's something I predicted months ago and I still stand by it. And I just made a Twitter post last night about it, which has got people all riled up. But I, I mean, I, I have said for a long time, there are a, a small but significant number of people 
I did not think going into this game are gonna like it, especially compared to Division 1. Um, especially the PvP people who managed to stick it out in Division 1. This game is changing so drastically that it is essentially leaving them behind. Um, I, I don't revel in that fact. I don't revel in that situation. I think that's a bummer for those people. But I still think it's kind of a necessary sacrifice to make the changes they've made. I, I made a stupid statement on Twitter and I said that I think for every one person that's turned off by it, 10 more will come. That's probably not true. Uh, Sank at Upper Echelon made sure to point that out to me. Um, and I admitted I was probably exaggerating quite a bit, but I do significantly stand by my thought that the changes they're making, even though they're causing uproar right now, will bring more people in and keep them than the people from Division 1 it's going to lose. Um, again, I'm not happy about that, even though with a few people, if they go away, that wouldn't be the end of the world for the community. But it's just, it's, it's growing pains is how I described it. Uh, it's, you know, it's not going to be fun. Those bones are stretching and it doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. That's the big thing. People are uncomfortable right now. It, it looks, it looks similar. Like if you play division two and it feels like, it's like, well, I know this game, but man, it's different. This all feels so different. And that's why I, you know, all of the pushback on the movement, especially drives me nuts because I think the movement's really good. I, I think it's better than division one, even though I'm sure plenty will disagree. It's just it's it's discomfort. People are people feel it's like anxiety. They they don't like that. Like it should feel the same, but it doesn't. You know, it's it's interesting. So from a psychology perspective, it's been very interesting for me to watch and uh, to see some of my predictions come true. But overall, I enjoyed the beta. It needs some work, but I've got faith. So we shall see. For speculation or community topics, I have community topics this time. The stash space, it was something I hinted to. Um, you know, we found out that basically there won't be any extra if you pre-ordered, which I think is a good thing. Uh, but within minutes, almost, there started to be this big pushback about how uh, now the Ultimate Edition is a ripoff. And apparently there were a larger number of people than I imagined who wanted extra space than everyone. <laughs> And uh, I will admit, I didn't think that they actually had marketed additional stash space or extra anywhere. Uh, Manny pointed out pretty clearly to me that they they did. And what they're going to say is that technically you get additional stash space by um, having it early. You have additional early uh, and then the same at the end. So that sucks. And this is why I was calling out for these that's this is why i was calling out for this information for months because you know if we would have found this out in november people still would have been a little annoyed but they're they wouldn't have felt like it was dropped so last minute so i'm gonna be totally honest i think the stash space info drop uh that i think they dropped the ball pretty significantly and i really um i really hope we don't see more situations like that it should have been told to us earlier. I don't think it's a ripoff. I have the ultimate edition. I'm excited for all of the little extras and things like that, but it wasn't handled great. Uh, and then the, 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 the bugs being carried over. We've already talked about this, but the grenade stagger getting stuck in objects, the double reload. I've seen people talk about, I think that happened to me once. 
but I'm not positive. One thing people I think are mistaking that for is the gun modeling in Division 2 is much like um, real guns where if you have an empty gun with no nothing in the you know, nothing no bullets in the gun at all you load the magazine you charge it which puts one round into the chamber well you can pull that magazine back out and put another round in it and put the magazine in and now your 30 round magazine your gun now has 31 rounds in it um, if you pay attention in the beta you can do that uh, if you reload from an empty magazine you can actually have one extra bullet that's not a bug that's not a problem that's that's just how real guns work now i think someone has said that um the revolvers have this uh, well that's not a thing there's no such thing as chambering around in a revolver so if that's the case they do need to fix that uh, but for all of the magazine whether it's internal or external mags uh, if you have one extra round in there that, that's actually a real thing um, the one thing i'll say about that as well when it comes to things carried over this isn't a bug but I thought the whole point of changing up the attachments was to get rid of ARs with like 60 round magazines. Well, lo and behold, I forget which gun it was, but I had a gun with a 60 round magazine. I don't know if it was the AKM or something else, but that's not good. <laughs> let's let's not go back to that. That was, you know, leave that to the LMGs and, and leave that to the higher to the higher capacity weapons. At least in my opinion. We did have one listener question this week. It was from Nitro. He said, with the division in mind, what do you define as an alpha, beta, demo, or full release? And what expectations do you associate with each? What makes a sequel a sequel? Could it be considered an update, latest version, or a patch? So I think the tough thing with this is that it comes down to marketing, right? So I think from a development perspective for the devs, that alpha and beta and pre-alpha are all significantly different things than what is marketed as an alpha or a beta or a demo or full release. So like one thing, if I remember correctly, the, the beta for division two in a development standard ended i believe around the time of e3 last year during when i was at e3 as a star player um but now we just played a, a beta in, in february of 2019 how can that work well it's because i think they have completely different definitions for me when it comes to what what we see like like calling what we saw this week in the beta was was smart because there were lots of issues it, it was definitely a better alternative to like what Anthem did by getting really high and mighty about calling what they had a demo and it shouldn't have been called a demo. Now I've seen someone specifically tell me that the only issue they had with Anthem was that they had trouble logging in. I don't like to call people liars, but I think in that conversation we were talking about division two and i talked about how anthem had a buggy demo or beta or whatever you want to call it and i think they were just having a convenient uh lack of memory about how how bad that anthem demo was um so for me i really think from a marketing standpoint i i feel like like what we saw this weekend, I don't think they should really call it a beta because that's confusing considering the status of the actual game. 
I would really like to see like a work in progress uh, preview. You know, I would like it to see it called that. I feel like a lot more people would be more forgiving to issues that they find if it was called something like that, because that's more understandable for the average consumer. Like, oh, work in progress build. Okay, cool. Yeah. So some of this stuff will be messed up. I don't think calling like what we saw this weekend a demo would be a good idea because then you're dealing with the same problem Anthem had. So I just feel like the alpha and beta, it just sounds cool. You know, it's supposed to make people feel like they're exclusive or like they're unique by getting into it where I kind of wish they'd be more accurate and just be like, yeah, work in progress or a pre-release demo or something like that, uh, just to be more clear. When it comes to sequel or not, um, I, I feel like the, the true definition of a sequel is a game that innovates but still feels familiar. Um, I think a game like Destiny, especially on release on Destiny 2, it was pretty well considered a giant update rather than uh, a true sequel, you know, to Destiny 1.5. Um, we've seen other games like that. I, I've, I've seen some talk of that with Division 2 based off this beta. I, I really, I think that's people who never intended on being reasonable <laughs> about Division 2 anyways. But, um, you know, for like a big update, it's kind of like, I think a good example of that is Far Cry New Dawn. You know, Far Cry New Dawn is not a sequel to Far Cry 5. Far Cry New Dawn is a $40, that's why it's cheaper, gigantic DLC. And I think that's great. And that's kind of how they've marketed it. Um, you know, like I don't think that Division 2 is to New Dawn as Division 1 is to Far Cry 5. Like, I think that's a terrible comparison to make. And, um, and at this point, I would even argue that like Destiny 2 has surpassed that initial criticism. Uh, but on release, I think Destiny 2 was a really good example of how not to do a sequel. Uh, I think sequels should feel familiar, but innovate significantly. I think Division 2 is on that path. I think they've done it but we'll have to wait and see the final product and see the entire product before I think we can really make that determination. And here at the end for content updates, I'm still trying to get my streaming setup figured out. So I'm running through the pass through on Elgato. Elgato is being really awful to work with from a customer service standpoint. They're supposed to have a two year warranty on their hardware. They're telling me that using a splitter is not a supported method of using their product. And I, I wish I could reach through the screen and grab them because I have to imagine the vat. I have to imagine a lot of people use a use a splitter with their products. And it really seems silly to me that they would pretend uh, like, like that's not a thing. And they suggested that I should drop $400 on their 4K that has a 4K pass through instead of using a splitter. And when I asked them for a discount so I could afford to do that, uh, they, they said that they can't offer discounts. So what's probably going to happen, because I can kind of tell they're not going to help me out, um, even though I'm still pursuing it, is Avermedia has a 4K inter like uh, PCI Express uh card with a pass through that's a hundred dollars cheaper than elgato and is really well reviewed and so i'm more than likely going to end up getting that uh, that will also allow me to do 4k videos uh, if i can edit them and if it doesn't take 15 hours to render it so you know we'll be moving along on that front um, i still plan on doing a division merch giveaway here before the game comes out um, that nerd wallet or whatever the the game 
you know, a merch company that's been promoting a lot of Division 2 stuff. I ordered a couple mugs, one I was going to give away two or three weeks ago with zero updates on shipping at this point. So be a little weary of that place and if you if you have to ask me. Uh, and the last thing is, on as well as this uh, podcast, I will be releasing a much shorter video kind of summarizing my thoughts on Division 2's private beta and I plan on making a big Twitter post either today or tomorrow uh, expressing the things I would like to see change. Um, some balancing things. I would really like to see the camera get pulled back on the character just a little bit. I do, I do agree with people who feel like it's a little too close. It's a little too claustrophobic, and especially on PC. I hope people get a um, like a point of view adjustment because uh, for for console, I understand there's only so much um, power. Uh, but the PC players, it'd be nice if they could pull it back just a little bit uh, so they can see just a bit more. And that's it for this week. Another fairly long episode. Uh, I appreciate you listening if you've made it this far. If you like the podcast, uh, please follow on whatever platform you're using. If you're on iTunes, please, please, please leave a podcast and leave a re- uh, rate the podcast and leave a review. If you uh, check out the podcast on YouTube and you want to see more, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment below if you want to hear more and have your input given. You can find me on Twitch, where I stream multiple times a week, and on Twitter as Diesel. You can find links to those pages as well as a bunch of others in the description below. That's all I have, and until next time.